Hello and welcome to Small Screen Stories. I hope you guys are all doing very, very well. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the Book of Boba Fett's finale, which aired yesterday, um, depending on where you are. I think it was yesterday pretty much everywhere. Uh, we're going to go over a bit about that show, a bit about the finale itself, a bit about the show in general, and then I'm also going to talk a little bit about Michael Keaton and Batman, and also the Batman. So three-ish main topics to go over today. That's what we do on this show. We tend to go over uh, news in the world of entertainment and pop culture, but I'm trying to con just condense it down to three, maybe four main topics. Uh, so first off, I hope you guys are all very well. If you do have any comments, please do let me know in the chat. I'll try to get to them. Uh, this also goes out as a podcast uh, where you can get that wherever you get your podcasts at Small Screen Stories. And if you do like the show, like the podcast, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars. That'd be wonderful. Really, really good. And uh, if you're watching on Twitch, or Facebook, do like, subscribe, do whatever you guys do on, I don't know what you do on Twitch. I'm going to be honest, I'm a bit of a millennial when it comes to Twitch. I don't know what's going on on that. But let's get right into it. Um, the Book of Boba Fett. Was the Book of Boba Fett's finale any good? That's the big question that I want to try and answer today. And again, if you do have any thoughts and comments, please let me know in the chat. Uh, before I move on with this, there will be spoilers for the Book of Boba Fett's finale in this uh, in this uh, episode. Right, so first off, one of the first things I wanted to go over is what it got right. So this is a very, like, <laughs> pretty straightforward thing. It's action, pacing, Boba Fett and Fennec and Grogu and Manzo. Those are the main things that it got right. I'm going to go into that in a little bit more detail. Um, the I actually thought so this episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez and I really did think that this was the very first episodes that Robert Rodriguez did so he's done three in in the season he, he directed three episodes this was the first one that I thought was genuinely like a Robert Rodriguez episode the other ones they suffered from some weird pacing issues and even worse editing uh, this one I felt was more it felt more like his thing it felt like he had control of what was going on, or if not control, um, it, it was just it was just the best episode that he's directed of this show so far, and it's that's a good thing because it's the finale. I did think his the first episode was decent. I didn't think it was great. I think uh, it, that the um, that this whole season has been a bit odd because the first four episodes of this season, I'm going to be honest, they weren't very good. Uh, if you compare them to the last three episodes uh, which basically it was no longer the book of Boba Fett it was the Mandalorian season 2.5 let's be honest but those last three episodes uh, so uh, episode five six and seven really got me as a Star Wars fan going not just because of the cameos and because you know because it brought in acts characters like uh, Cobb Vamp came back Cad Bane came back Luke Skywalker was back Grogu was back but also, I just felt like the pacing was better. There was a much better story, and also a much more interesting lead character in Din Djarin's Mandalorian. Uh, that I talked about this in the last episode, but there is a real problem with Din Djarin in the sense that they basically made him Boba Fett because they wanted to make a Boba Fett show when they first made the Mandalorian. So this puts them in a real bind when it comes to Boba Fett. But what I will say is that this episode, the finale, was the best episode for Boba Fett, personally, because it was not only the episode where you actually got to see him 
really become the bounty hunter that we wanted him to be. There is so much action in this in this episode with him. Uh, there is a lot of there. There is a lot of stuff in this episode that happens that, that uh, involving Boba Fett's character. They're like, God, this I've wanted to see this the whole time. And actually, interestingly enough, it's the stuff that we saw, the kind of that raw anger and emotion in his fighting style that we saw in The Mandalorian Season 2 in the episode that Robert Rodriguez directed, where is, which is the one where he finally got to see Boba Fett return to the world of Star Wars. This was the episode that, that really show, you know, highlighted that, showcased that. We haven't seen that so far. Uh, yes, Danzig, James James popped in very quickly to, to a little subscribe, and then he left. <laughs> That's James for you. But um, yeah, going back to um, <laughs> going back to the book of Boba Fett, uh, it was it, uh, the, the scenes in particular that really grabbed me involving Boba Fett were the ones where you had him and Man the Mando Din Djarin fighting alongside one another which is something first off when you get to see two mandalorians fighting alongside each other even though boba fett's not technically technically a mandalorian but he is very well equipped in um in that uh <laughs> in that armor um and he's also very very he knows what is what he's doing in the armor let's let's leave it at that but it's it's really special watching watching two you know two um basically mandalorians fighting and they are so difficult to take down it took it took a whole basically what is an army of um of of the pike syndicate to to really they did not really they didn't really put a dent in them to be honest but they did have to have the people of freetown eventually come and help them but it, it, that that was really special and then there was the other scene um specifically the scene involving uh, cad bane which was really, really impressive, I felt, because it was, uh, you know, this show is, a lot of these shows, The Mandalorian as well, are kind of billed as a kind of Western. Star Wars is basically just, it's a, it's a space opera, but it's also a soap opera set in space, and it's also a Western set in space. That's, that's kind of what it is, what it always has been. And this this really um, highlights that fact, because that that scene in particular, both the, the other scene with... Um, Cad Bane in, in episode seven was like that as well with uh, between Cad Bane and Cobb Vanth. That was incredible, that scene. But this one was just, was similar, but it packed that real punch because uh, there's history between those two characters. And you might know, like, if you've read some of the extended lore, which is no longer considered canon, but the two of them have history. In the, and you really felt that in this quite small scene. But not only that, you've got that you know you really do think that Boba Fett's going to die and talking to my small screen live co-host Clint the other day or last Friday he thought that Boba Fett was going to die in this episode well he was wrong but it got very close to that and the only reason he survived was because of the the skills he'd learned uh, being with the Tusken Raiders and I actually really liked the fact that they brought it back like that I thought that was really interesting and actually really well structured and good writing that was good writing. One of the things I think this show has suffered from is actually re relatively poor writing. But in that instance, I thought it was really good. Brought it right back to uh, to the beginning, uh, to um, Boba Fett being with the Tusken Raiders. And it's kind of, you can see it in that in that picture of him. It's like mad, <laughs> mad Boba Fett, angry Boba Fett. And that's what you want to see. And that's where you kind of think actually him having his mask off in that scene was quite impactful as well 
because you really see his emotion. You got, I really do think you got the best of both worlds with Boba Fett in this episode. You got him doing all the cool stuff in the Mandalorian armor and then him being just incredibly raw and using the skills he'd, uh, he'd, he'd learned with the Tusken Raiders with his helmet off. So you actually really saw how, um, how kind of angry he was in that moment. Uh, I will say that I'm a bit disappointed that they killed off Cad Bane so quickly. Uh, I think there's someone in the chat, Danzig, saying I'm not buying Cad Bane is dead. I don't know. He looked pretty dead to me. But then again, Cad Bane, had, this has, if you know the character from the animated series, he, he he's had a lot of stuff done to him. You see the hat come off at the at the end and you see that he's got that that metal part of his skull uh, you know so a lot of stuff has happened to him so you know maybe he's not dead it would be um i i would love to see him come back but uh i don't i'm not sure if he is i don't you know it's, it's not out of the realms of possibility um who, let's have a look at the uh, before i move on to the next bit which is about grogu amando uh we've got jason lee in the chat here saying uh, star wars fans make out the original movies are perfect and they are not like parts of the return of the jedi uh, sorry and they are not like parts of return of the jedi are a joke um star wars fans make out the original movies are perfect and they are not like parts of the of return of the jedi are a joke Okay, so the fans that think the original movies are perfect. Okay, they're a joke. Well, the original movies always hold a special place in a lot of people's hearts, mine, mine included, uh, because I, you know, that's what I grew up watching. I grew up watching Star Wars. Uh, a lot of people feel that way, but I, I genuinely think The Empire Strikes Back is a really well-made, well, well-edited, well-constructed movie. Yes, Return of the Jedi, there are some problems with that. Um, I also think there are some issues with the first Star Wars film, A New Hope. There are, there are, let's be honest, there are issues with every single Star Wars movie ever made. That said, there are far, there are far more issues with the prequel films and the new movies as well than there were with the original films. I think I think we can leave it at that. And it's the same kind of thing with these new shows. There are issues with The Book of Boba Fett, but there are also really good things about this show and um and i think this finale for me it was a lot of fun it was a lot of gunslinging fun which is what i wanted from this show to be honest but it was kind of lacking in it was it was lacking in any real what's the word i'm looking for structure is not quite the right word but i just felt that it didn't really pack that oomph that i was hoping for, for i was hoping for from this show when i first heard that it was that it was being made but do let me know your thoughts about that in the comments um right so moving on to uh, to uh, also i want to quickly mention fennec i think fennec kind of vanished for a bit in, the, in this episode uh, she <laughs> and then and and then ended up coming back at the end um, and being showing why she is one of the most feared assassins in the galaxy because she is badass. And that scene involving her and the the leader of the Pike Syndicate basically killing off all all of Tatooine's major players in the crime underworld was terrific. Although I did think, how the hell was she able to do that? Considering that was just like they're in like a mud hut kind of thing. I was like, where where was she, where was she? Um, Right, so we've got James in the chat as well. Uh, James is saying he's actually awake, been on the bat schedule as of late. Yes, if you don't know, if you uh, James is is the Batman of Canada, 
Um, so he's he's up all night basically, uh, and sleeps during the day. And um, he also said, "Sure, Edward skips over my comment. I, I'm not going to skip over your comment. What what did he says? Here you go. James says, "I'm a huge Star Wars fan and an even bigger Rodriguez fan, but unfortunately, it could have been better." Uh, it was still good in parts, and especially after episode three. So yeah, I, I do. Uh, there you go. I re I do really agree with you, James. I think um, it was good in parts, but could have been better. And I think one of the reasons why I was really hoping that this episode or this season in general was going to be better was because of Robert Rodriguez's involvement in the show. Rodriguez is one of the most interesting directors at working in Hollywood. Um, he he's as much as a self-made filmmaker as you can be he literally does everything himself and he is if you've watched any of his movies you know how visually f just fascinating his films tend to be and especially if you um <laughs> especially if you if you factor in all of those all of those like his action movies and things like that and you think god and, and then you hear that he's going to be making a star wars film you think, God, they're really going to go for it, you know. But then in the end, it was kind of too, it was too reserved, I felt. Maybe this is the Disneyfication of Star Wars, is that they feel that they can't really push the boat out. So there were elements of that in this episode, which is why I think I liked it, because there were elements of that kind of mad Rodriguez vibe, um, which if you've watched anything like From Dust Till Dawn, you will know, uh, you know, even even to a certain extent, the Spy Kids movies, which are kind of bonkers. Um, that the, there's always that kind of mad element to his work, and um, and it just it just wasn't that here. I felt like it was. You really felt like it was. He was being controlled by the likes of John Favreau and probably Dave Filoni to a certain extent. But um, it, it resulted in something that was interesting, but not great. And for me, I said that this this whole season as a whole is a solid seven out of ten. Um, this this finale, I think, if you go and read the review that's over on small screen, it's a spoiler review. Um, if you go and read that, I gave it a seven point five, and I thought it I thought it was the best. Ep maybe not the best. I think episode five was the best episode of this season, but it was one of the best episodes of this of of this show, definitely. Uh, Dan Zig 1979 asks, is Tamara good enough to be the lead of a show? So interesting question, because honestly, I would have said that before episode seven, I would have said no. But I think there are elements in episode seven where I actually think he was very, very good. Um, I, I, I just I think that Cobb Van, uh, sorry, not Cobb Van, the... Um, Cad Bane scene in particular for me was was this was the highlight. Uh, it was it, that that was the highlight of this episode and the highlight of of his acting, <laughs> as far as this season's concerned. Uh, I, I do I do know what you mean. I, I think I don't think Tomorrow Morrison's a bad actor by any stretch of the imagination. I actually think he's a very good actor, but you know, le being the lead of a show is tough. Um, it, it requires uh, charisma, which is something that I think he might lack. You see, for me, when an, when a, when someone like a Timothy Oliphant comes on screen, uh, I just you just immediately are like, you, you if not transfixed, you're pretty. You know, you want to see what happens, and it's the same thing with Pedro Pascal. Um, and yes, James, I, I'm going to be talking about the mods in a second, <laughs> uh, but. Uh,
Yes, and I will be talking about that specific scene. <laughs> but but yeah, so um there there are there there I, I understand why people might think that he that tomorrow Morrison is not a strong enough actor to lead such a show. And actually maybe the fact that half of this this show he's not even in i mean the you know the best episodes of this show were the ones that featured less boba fett but then again i do i do think this episode turned it around which i think was really important not just for the show uh, and for star wars shows in the future but also for the character and the actor i think uh, i'm glad to, i'm actually glad that they didn't kill off boba fett uh, because i want to see more of him in the future but i think he might be uh, I mean, I'm going to talk a little bit about this in a, in a minute, but um, I, I'm I'm not sure if they're going to be doing a book of Boba Fett season two, based on the fact that a lot of a lot of people's reaction to him as a lead hasn't been overwhelmingly positive. But do let me know what you guys think uh, in the in the chat. I will say that Boba Fett coming in on a rancor was pretty damn cool. So yes, Grogu and Mando. I really felt that this for me was the heart of the episode. Was the that bond that they share. And it was something that really uh, made me excited to see what's to come, which is the Mandalorian season three. Uh, of course, you find out in this episode, you know, you've got the X-Wing that comes in and it's little, it's little Grogu in it. And he's been, um, he's, he's been taken to Tatooine in the X-Wing by R2-D2. Um, and he's wearing the, uh, uh, Grogu is wearing the Mandalorian armor, uh, the, the, the armor, the, the, uh, chainmail thing that that Din Djarin made for him um it was a really touching moment and a really touching moment when they finally got to see each other again and it just made me really excited to see the Mandalorian season three uh, and also you got to you know the the scene with uh, the Rancor where he the Rancor is just going nuts and is destroying destroying the town Mos Espa and then the only the only one that can calm him down is Grogu you, through the Force sends him to sleep and then goes to sleep next to him. I thought that was incredibly cute. Uh, I'm very ex I'm very interested to see how that develops. I, I love the fact that that he decided to go back with uh, Din Djarin. It makes me wonder what's going to happen with Luke with the um, with the Jedi Academy. And um, yeah, I, I was the same, Dan. I kept on thinking that Grogu might whip out a lightsaber. <laughs> But anyway, let, let's move on to the stuff that it got wrong, that the episode got wrong. And this is what I was, what James was referring to earlier. That mod biker gang is awful. Now, honestly, they took me out of the episode completely. Whenever, whenever any of the characters are on screen, they just they first off they look completely wrong. They don't they don't look like they they belong on in Mos Espa or on Tatooine. They just look completely and utterly out of place. Those bikes look ridiculous. But it. Uh, yes, James comes in again to to put up that little clip. It, it, it's the writing of the, the the dialogue that they have. It's just it, it honestly, it feels like it comes out of a CW show sometimes. Probably even worse than that. It's so wooden, and I don't blame the actors because in that in that regard, if you're given that line, like, I can't remember what what um I can't remember her name that the um, actress that's in Yellow Jackets. There's there's a particular line that she has, and then the the English actor as well. But there's one that just sounds so wooden. And whenever the the um, now I don't know any of their names, like, you know, because they're completely they're they're not forgettable, but you want to forget them. <laughs> and I feel bad going you know going so hard on these guys. 
because it's you know that they're in they're in star they're in star wars show it's a pretty big deal but they're just the character design is awful they 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 all look like i mean if anything these guys should be on coruscant and and they actually feel they feel like characters that would have been in the prequel series and not good and the, like literally the worst ones of the prequel series um the bike the bikes are just way too colorful it's just what what the hell are they doing on tatooine they serve no purpose, really, as far as the story is concerned. Like Boba Fett doesn't need them. Like literally, one of the, this character in, in the slide—I can't remember her name—comes up with a touch. She arrives with a tiny little gun. You know, you think you, you're modded. You might have something a bit cooler than that. Uh, that that twirl that the guy does before he shoots someone is just laughably bad. Like really, really terrible. And you just think, who who decided that on set? Who who was the person that was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. It just it was really awful. And um and yeah, that and the, again, I I do think this episode did, and like most of this show, has lacked a depth, real depth. I don't think, apart from Manzo and Grogu, that they tried to do it with Boba Fett, but I just it just feels forced because the whole thing with the Tuscan Raiders to me, I liked the fact that they brought it back, and I did think that was good writing. But I still thought that it was it was all a bit it all felt rushed, it all felt a bit haphazard. It didn't it didn't feel like it was really well thought out. And it was just like, oh, let's bring back the Tuscan Raiders and have have Boba Fett, you know, be part of them. And I think this whole show has lacked depth, lacks depth. Whereas when it comes to like the Mandalorian, that show is really you really feel the bond between Mando and Grogu, and um, honestly, I, I this show didn't come anywhere close to that. Um, what? Let's have a look at what people say in the chat. So Dan uh, Danzig says, I think one of the biggest problems was understating Boba's motives. Why is it why is it important to him, and why does he want this? True, his motives aren't clear. Really, he just he he just thinks that's his town, basically. Um, he that yeah there are no real motives apart from the fact that he says i'm i'm done working for people i want to start basically working for myself so he's <laughs> it's, it's a bit like what's going on at the moment people quitting their jobs because they want to start working for themselves like what i did to be honest um uh, jason lee says you've got to uh, you've got to hand you've got to handy with the steel if you know what i mean don't know what you mean i'm going to be honest <laughs> i'm sorry jason and uh, Dan says, Ed, you also need a fourth, the mayor's aide. Oh, the mayor's aide is, oh, oh dear. That character is just so cringe. It's honestly so, so cringe. Uh, the, I think that's the thing with this show. It's just the tone is a bit all over the place. You've got characters like him that are just played for laughs and they're not the good kind of laughs. They're like the really campy uh, almost in England, we have um, things. Oh God, I've forgotten. I've forgotten what they're called. Uh, the oh dear. What, why am I? Oh, anyway, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go gloss over that because I can't remember what types of plays they're called when the men play the women and the women play the men, and it's just very very camp. It's, they're good fun, but you know, in that in that regards, they're good because they because that's what they are. But the, this sort of thing, this sort of camp camp nature, not it's not even camp. It's just it's just kind of again poor writing and just not very funny dialogue. 
and a character that just seems really out of place. And someone, I think, Dan, if you know what I'm talking about, what are those plays called? I cannot for the life of me remember what they're called. That's really going to annoy me. That is really, really going to annoy me. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> move on to slide five. And yes, we need to talk about Cad Bane. Um, Cad Bane is one of the coolest characters that Dave Filoni has ever created. He's created two really cool characters in Cad Bane and Ahsoka Tano. Interesting enough, Ahsoka Tano, when she was first um, unveiled and, and revealed, uh, people didn't like her. But she um, she really kind of won fans over. And I, th I think she's a terrific character and played very well by Rosario Dawson in this show. Cad Bane here, was he poorly used? I think, a, I think it's like a yes and no answer because he made sense as far as Boba Fett's concerned because, well, we don't, to be honest, if, if you're not versed in the Star Wars kind of lore and the, um, the stuff that's come before us that's no longer considered canon, then you'll know that uh, Cad Bane and Boba, Fish, Boba Fett do have history together but Cad Bane was in like uh, the Bad Batch um, he was in the Clone Wars so people know him people really like him he's one of he's one of those characters that's just like he's just he's kind of like the the version of Boba Fett that we all kind of wanted but it's just even cooler I think because he's one of those he's one of those bounty hunters that's just not afraid to take on anybody and has basically taken on any everybody and uh he he turns up in episode six, and his his opening scene is just brilliant. You know, with with two, two of the coolest characters in the show, were Cad Bane and Cobb Vanth. That scene with the two of them was brilliant. It was really good. And there's another one here. Uh, he's he's in quite a lot of this episode, but he 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 has that brilliant shootout scene with Boba Fett. I just felt like they shouldn't have killed him off. But I, I mean, again, I know that some people think that people are going to. Uh, that the people think he is going to come back and he's not actually dead. I mean, if you're, he's, um, he's pretty well skewered. <laughs> let's let's just say that. But then again, he has he has faced worse than that. So, I I, I liked the fact they brought him back. I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know if if he's dead or not. He's pretty dead to me. I think. And if that is the case, then I would say that was it's a bit of a shame to have him, bring him in for two episodes and then have him immediately be dispatched because he is, he, he is just a very good antagonist and um, he's someone that kind of toes the line as well. Like he's often, he's often a villain. Let's be honest. He's, you know, he, he, he's like one of the worst bounce in the sense that he's just like one of the meanest bounty hunters out there and just does not care about who he, he has no morals basically. That's his whole, that's his whole thing. So, I really, really like his character, and um, I think he looks great in this as well. I think his um, the voice, I can't remember the name of the actor that plays him, but oh god, he's got a great voice. And uh, I think he, yeah, he looked really good. Yeah, okay, some people said that he's too, he's not blue enough, he's too, he's too light, <laughs> and his mouth's too high up, <laughs> and his hat's not wide enough, but you know what, I think those people are nitpicking, I think he still looks great. And I can't wait to see where they go with that. It's Corey Burton. Yes, thank you, Dan, uh, who, who voiced him. Brilliant, brilliant voice. And I really do hope he comes back, although I think he might not be. Right. Um, what's to come? What is to come? So the end of this episode showed us we got a little um, post credit scene involving Cobb Vanth because um, in the episode... 
Bobafet said that he can't use his back to tank because someone's in it. His bit is being used. I actually originally thought it was called, that it was going to be Cad Bane in in it that they were going to bring him back, <laughs> which would have been quite weird. But no, it turns out to be Cobb Vanth, which I'm really happy about because I think Timothy Oliphant deserves his own show at this point. Then again, it probably would just be justified in space. I'm not. I'm not against that. I would. I would want to watch that. But um, I. I think if there is a Boba Fett season two, which you know there might be, they might keep the name, the Book of Boba Fett. But I don't. Something tells me it's going to be rather than the Book of Boba Fett season two, it'll be something else. Like, you know, kind of another like limited series involving the same characters, but won't be called the Book of Boba Fett season two. It may be as far as marketing is concerned, they might want to call it the Book of Boba Fett season two because people will recognize that as a name, but just have Cobb Vanth be the lead and have Boba Fett be a side character. I do think Cobb Vanth is going to be very important moving forward. Um, you won't cast an actor, at, you know, like Timothy Oliphant, someone that is... <clears throat> has for years been a lead on one of one of the best shows ever made. I think Justified is just terrific. Um, I, I do, yeah, Dan, I do think Cobb Vanth could take over the role of Boba Fett. And if they want to continue these shows on Tatooine, which they might do, I personally would like to see them go off-world and explore more of the galaxy, but it sounds like there are going to be, I mean, parts of Kenobi are going to be on Tatooine. Uh, all of basically all of this show apart from the scenes involving luke skywalker some scenes involving Man mando they all basically took place on tatooine but um i i would like to see a cob vanth show that is something that i would really like to see and then after that we have uh well we have the mandalorian season three which really this season for me teed up brilliantly that I think, if anything, this season, as I said before, was the Mandalorian season four, or season two point five, but it really it did its it. I I do wonder whether the book of Boba Fett was just meant to be like um, a little amuse bouche uh, for uh, for the Mandalorian season three to get people in the mood to watch that show, which is why there was so much of Grogu and Din Djarin in in the season that would make sense to me and actually i don't think that's a bad idea because now i just really want to see the i just really am desperate to see the mandalorian season three so after that we've got the ahsoka tano show uh andor the cassian andor series and the acolyte interesting enough the cassian andor series has already had its had season two season two has already been greenlit so that's happening uh that's something that is actually happening uh, Ahsoka Tano, that's going to be an interesting show because that one is the one that's going to bring in characters like we're pr I'm pretty sure we're going to see Ezra, Ezra Bridger in that show, we're going to see Grand Admiral Thrawn, played by Lars Mikkelsen which is going to be really good fun um, that that show is going to be like an extension of Star Wars Rebels and, and the, clone, the last season of the Clone Wars which I'm really, really looking forward to I think that one will be great. I think that's Dave Filoni's basically just going to handle that and that's going to be his baby. Uh, and I really, I, that one is, is a show that I'm very much looking forward to. And then you've got The Acolyte, which is something completely different. And that's why I think for me personally, The Acolyte is the show that I am looking forward to the most because that is the show that hopefully will start to expand the Star Wars universe. Yes, I know it goes back into the past, so it's set in the um, the the fight the the is it the oh, I forget <laughs> okay I'm gonna have to look this up because I don't want to make a mistake as to when it when it's actually set. Uh dear. So the acolytes. 
is a mystery thriller that will take us into the galaxy of, a sh- of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. So the final days of the High Republic era. That's where it's set. I really do cannot, cannot wait for that. Let's have a look at some of the questions you guys have asked. So Dan, Ed, do you think Cobb Vanth would take over the role of Boba Fett? I think I already addressed that. Yes, I do think he, I think he, I think he will, mainly because... I think he's a much more interesting character. <laughs> and I think, unfortunately for Tamara Morrison, I do think Timothy Oliphant is a much better actor as well. Um, Cad Bane kept referring to the fact that Cobb Vanth should never have given up his armor. That is an interesting point. Yeah. How did he know? So I think that Cobb Vanth and Cad Bane had previous history, which is how he knew that, 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 that he, used to, he used to wear the armor. And if anything, that that's probably why um, Cobb Vanth was so worried when he saw Cad Bane, because he knew that, you know, he knew that he's a faster shot than him. He's literally, Cad Bane is literally the fastest shot in the galaxy. Cad Bane, but pro- yeah, I don't think anyone is faster than him. I don't think Han Solo is. Uh, maybe Han Solo. Uh, maybe. Um, I'm not too sure about that. But um, definitely something that uh, that was interesting and something that I guess I'm thinking about. Uh, how the hell did he know about that? Uh, Dan Ziggs says, question, do you think COVID, in, COVID, sorry, COVID, COVID impacted the quality of the show or restricted what they could do? Or is that making excuses? Um, the way these film, these series are made, I don't think so. Um, they're, they're all basically in a, in a very uh, controlled environment. They're all filmed inside. They all use that industrial light and magic um, new technology which is just screens so i don't think that the that this show was really that impacted by covid i actually may, maybe it might have been a bit of a nightmare logistically to do it but i don't think they would have cut corners as far as stories concerned as far as filming is the one thing that might have been a problem would have been scheduling because there's only i think there are only certain i think there might be only even one like um set that they can use and the fact that they probably only had a couple maybe three or four months to use that set to make this show um i but that i mean it's again it's only disney can use that set no no they can rent it out to other other companies which i think they are starting to do but they're the only ones that can use that set so as far as that's concerned i I don't think I don't think there would have really been any issues as far as COVID is concerned. I actually think these these shows, these Disney Star Wars shows, are probably not. They're like they're the, they're the one shows that were fine during COVID because this was literally filmed throughout most of COVID. Then again, if there were like individual cases of COVID that might have shut down the the production, I can't remember of that being the case off the top of my head, but it might have been. But it, it seems it seems as though this went quite smoothly. To be honest, like they, they they started filming it, they finished filming it, they got it edited, and they got it out. Um, I think it was I think it was pretty much this is what they wanted it to be. And um, again, I think they thought that they it, it wouldn't be as big of a problem if it wasn't as good as the Mandalorian because it wasn't. I think they do see the Mandalorian as the main show at the moment, and this I think this was very much made. In order, as a kind of tie over, as a, as a, as a thing to kind of tie people over from the the gap in between the Mandalorian season three, season two, and season three, I think that's probably why it's the the quality just wasn't quite 
there compared to the Mandalorian. Because honestly, when you watch this show, it doesn't look as good as the Mandalorian. It just doesn't look anywhere near as good. And maybe that's because they didn't have enough time in post. Um, maybe that was the problem. Maybe it was post. Maybe they they they, they had they had to stick to a release date. Maybe that was the issue. Right. Let's move on and talk about the Batman, or actually just Batman. So. There have been um, reports that uh, Michael Keaton has signed on for three more DC Comics movies. So the I'm not going to say who the person was that, that posted this because that's going to give them airtime, which I don't really want to give. But what I will say is that uh, I, I, do, I do think there might be some truth to this. I don't think they're movies. What I think is that Michael Keaton, so he's going to be playing the Batman in uh, the Flash film, and then also he's going to be playing the Batman in um, in Batgirl, in the Batgirl movie, which is going to go straight to HBO Max. So what I'm thinking is that he's signed on for a series or another straight to HBO Max movie, which will be a sort of take on Batman Beyond. That is the thing that I'm really, I am really thinking that this will happen. Now, again, we did post an exclusive article a while ago now saying that the Batman, Batman Beyond series was in the works. Um, Full disclosure, I haven't heard anything about that since. It was something that we were told. We were able to verify the source and we, we went for it. But um, it's I think this is something that is in the works that um, Michael Keaton, is. he loves playing the character. And I think he actually has talked about Batman Beyond in the, in the past, something that he has addressed. But it won't be a strict, it won't be like a strict Batman Beyond adaption. Uh, like it won't be an, an adaptation of the, the, the animated series, it will basically be Batgirl and Ma uh, Michael Keaton's Batman working together, and they'll be that you know they'll they'll be inspired by the show, but it won't be a straight adaptation uh, adaptation of it. It will just be it, its own thing. But it but the uh, the kernel of the idea came from the animated series. If that makes any sense to you, then again, if it's three more movies, I mean. <laughs> I am a massive Michael Keaton fan. I love him in everything he's in. I think he's fantastic. He's really good in Dope Sick. If you haven't seen Dope Sick yet, you should go and watch that. But uh, he's he's like brilliant in what like Spotlight. He was wonderful in that. And Birdman, he was terrific in that. And um, like I, I mean Beetlejuice. Oh my god, amazing! The original Batman films, fantastic. I am so looking forward to the Flash movie mainly because he's in it, and I'm also looking forward to this Batgirl film mainly because he's in it as well so that's something that i'm really really looking forward to do let me know if you guys are looking forward to it too if you think it's too much michael keaton um then we've got robert pattinson he, so he's playing uh bruce wayne in the batman and um interestingly enough he revealed recently and he did a big thing with gq which is brilliant actually if you go and read it it's a really good article but he also did uh, a wonderful wonderful um video talking about his iconic roles with gq which is well worth a watch uh he is a fant another fantastic actor playing batman wow we are lucky but yeah he uh he talked about not knowing that the bat that batman was the world's greatest detective but he didn't know that that was something that he was referred to as he didn't know that batman is fundamentally a detective so it's going to be really really interesting to watch this movie because i think matt matt reeves is the Batman is going to be the first Batman movie that really puts that front and like front and center. The fact that Batman is a detective first and foremost, and um, and not only a detective, the world's greatest detective. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. There is so much about this movie that I'm I'm 
really excited to see. I think it is coming out on well March fourth if you're in the US and in the UK. I'm getting to see it on March first. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, tickets are available uh, to buy right now. They went on sale today. So if you are looking forward to seeing that movie and you want to make sure you've got good seats, I would recommend you go and buy your tickets ASAP because uh, I think they're going to be gone pretty quickly. This is my most anticipated movie of 2022. It's the film that I'm really desperate to see, uh, so much so that I kind of delayed a ski <laughs> skiing trip because I knew that that, that that movie was coming out on the 1st of March. I was like, I can't, I can't, I have to be near a cinema on the 1st of March because <laughs> I, need, I need to see Batman. But yeah, it's something I'm really, really looking forward to, and I'm pretty sure most people that are into comic book movies are as well even if um you are a you know a, a fan of the snyderverse films which i am as well you have to see this movie you you can't you can't get to a point where you're like i'm not going to see this movie because warner brothers won't make another zack side zack side justice league film just go and see the film like you know, people worked hard on it and it looks amazing. And Robert Pattinson is amazing. Matt Reeves is amazing. Zoe Kravitz is amazing. Uh, who else? Andy Serkis is amazing. Um, uh, every, everyone that's involved in that. Uh, Colin Farrell is amazing. Uh, I need to get them all up now. Uh, all the actors that are in this because it's got one of the best casts. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey Wright is fantastic brilliant peter sarsgaard is one of the most underrated actors in hollywood uh and i think that's and paul dano as the riddler wow <laughs> and also there are rumors that we might be getting to see um the uh the the joker in this film rumors rumors not nothing confirmed but yeah that's that's going to do it for for this episode uh thank you so much for watching and listening if you're listening to this as a podcast um you can find this wherever you get your podcast at small screen stories which is on apple podcast spotify i use pocket casts personally but um whatever po whatever podcast server server service podcast service you like uh it's there and do if you're listening on apple Podcasts, if you give us five stars I would be eternally grateful. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. And also like a, a nice little review if you like it, if you like what we're doing. Uh, these genuinely go, generally go out on, on Wednesdays. Uh, this week it was a bit late because um, I'm slightly lazy. Uh, and um, yeah, sorry about that. But you can find uh, Small Screen everywhere at Small Screen Co. You can also follow me if you want at EJ Lauder on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for watching. And I'll see you back here on facebook and twitch and on your into your ears via podcast next week